Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio On this week's show, we're talking to Philip Levin. He's been on the show before. He's the Internet of Things home brewer all the way from Israel. And he's going to talk to us today about some new projects that he's working on to automate his brewery. So stick around while we talk to Philip Levin on homebrewing DIY. Welcome back to Homebrewing DIY, the podcast that takes on the do-it-yourself aspect of homebrewing. Gadgets, contraptions, and parts, this show covers it all. On this week's show, we're talking to Philip Levin, all the way from Israel. Philip is back on the show. He's the Internet of Things homebrewer, and he's going to talk to us about some new automation projects that he is working on in his brewery. And some of these are projects I've never even heard of before, so... It's down the rabbit hole for me after I did this interview, and I hope it's down the rabbit hole for you too. So some cool new DIY projects to check out. So stick around and listen to the interview. But first, I'd like to thank all of our patrons over at Patreon. It's because of you that this show can come to you week after week. I have a couple of new patrons this week. I'd like to first thank Imond. It's uh, very much appreciated for your support. And I'd also like to thank Matthew Haynes for your support. Welcome to the Patreon Club. These are our newest members that are getting ad-free episodes and also early releases. So, for example, if you are listening to this show on a normal release day, you are listening to this on Thursday, probably Thursday morning. And when you're a patron, you get it right when I edit it. So, uh, specifically, this episode came out for you on Wednesday. So a little bit early, but you also get it ad-free. And I have opened up the $1 tier to get ad-free episodes. So for as little as a single cup of gas station coffee, I like to use gas station coffee as an analogy, you can get an ad-free RSS feed and not have to listen to the pesky ads that are provided by my podcast host. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. 
I'd also like to thank all of our supporters over at Coffee. That's ko-fi.com forward slash homebrewing DIY. That is where you can give one-time support. You can also give for at Coffee on our home site, homebrewingdiy.beer. And head over to the website and you can just, there's a button that floats with it says support me, click on that. And that would be a one-time support. And I'd like to thank Matt for your one-time support, first-time supporter. And thank you very much. I'd also like to thank Gabe Wise. Gabe, this is, uh, you, you've given multiple times and I, I want to thank you every time. Also, I, I shot Gabe a email and was like, Hey, let me send you some stickers, man. I really do appreciate the support. Remember none of this support goes to waste. It, it only goes is invested back into the show and really improves the show. So I want to thank all of our supporters because it's because of you. Another way to support the show is head on over to our website, homebrewingdiy.beer. Whoever bought Brewfather this week, I want to thank you. Uh, those types of just using our sponsor banners, your prices stay the same, but it lets them know that we sent you. And then in turn, those sponsors support the show. So you can do your shopping at Adventures in Homebrewing, get Brewfather, or buy a new brew in a bag bag from the Brew Bag. And doing so is going to help support us. So please use our sponsor links. The last way to support the show is to head over to podchaser.com or to apple podcasts and leave us a five-star review that also helps others find the show well i've got a lot to talk about with philip this week where we talk about some new projects so let's just jump right into the interview where we're going to talk to the internet of things homebrewer philip levin I'd like to welcome Philip Levin back to the show. If you remember, Philip was back in one of our past episodes where we talked about his Internet of Things homebrewing and the deck that he had built and and traveled around his hometown in Israel. And he spoke to people about technology and DIY technology and homebrewing. And he's reached out to me to talk about some new projects that he's kind of latched onto as part of his overall theme of, of internet of things, homebrewing. And, uh, we're going to talk about him. He's got a few really, really cool projects and I'm excited to talk to him. So welcome to the show, Philip. Welcome to homebrewing DIY. Thanks for having me. Well, I think the, the first question I'd like to jump into is, what, why don't we talk about some of these projects that y you have found? And, and I, I have to admit, a lot of these are things I've not heard of yet. And so first, let's just start with the, the, the Plato keg kind of project you're working on. Now, for those who are listening, uh, just a quick overview of what Plato is, the Plato keg is. Plato is a commercial product. It's not open source. Uh, it is by, Plato makes a a, a a hydrometer that does the tracks gravity, but they also make a product called the keg, which is a kind of scale that fits within your kegerator that will tell you how much beer is left in your keg and kind of has a, a stream of data behind that. And, and you've kind of made your own project around that. So why don't you d describe that for me? Yeah, sure. So as you, as you said, the Plato keg is a commercial product, but, uh, 
after a while they they start this API approach when they allow users to fetch the data that their software is collecting from the scale or from other products that they have. So I look around at the API that they have and it's really simple and as a person that works with software but doesn't have the developer skills like really super developer uh, i managed to make simple dashboard with the information that they provide and basically i have my old tablet like or or ipad whatever and i just made to visualize uh, the information that the play-doh software gathers in this in the app itself but i managed to take it off from the software and display it next to my keyser and it's really amazing i can fetch the, the information on how, how like basically it's a tap list like the the fancy tap list that you see in in local bars that they have like this and this and this but i have a real time information how much beer i left in the keg and uh, i can bring more information because their their software is collecting not just the how many beer you have in the in the keg you can have like how many uh, pours you had in the last day or whatever you, you basically you can you can take any information that the software is gathering and through the api um you can display you can display it whatever you want you can you can take this information and and, and put it on on your phone not inside the app just like floating widget on your on your android device or, or probably i assume that an iphone you can visualize uh, the same thing uh, so i just took this api approach and i wrap it inside html file which is really easy and simple uh, file to write basically it's like a word file and uh, i put it in uh, github so anybody that's following me on github i don't know if people are following me but this this cool dashboard widget Plato keg is available for public i'm sharing it with the uh, with other people and you can take you can just write your own key uh, secret key for the Plato keg system that you generate with their system and you can display your beers your taps and you can like you can change it you can put your logo whatever it's really easy and fun things to do so it's really nice to see that even though it's a commercial product still you can tweak it and and make your own things with it yeah i i i'm a big fan of even though there there there's tons of closed source software out there and and just you know Philip, as you know, a bit of background on me, I work in, in software as well during my day job. And when, when a product comes out and they actually give it a, obviously Play-Doh, the way that they design their products is they're a hardware and software company. So that they'll make like, for example, the Play-Doh keg. And it's a really beautiful piece of equipment. It, it's, it's cool. It looks amazing. And then you just set your keg on it and it's going to tell you how much is in there. And you could download the Play-Doh keg app and it lives in their cloud service. But one of the cool things that they do is they give you this API that allows you to kind of write to it. And, and, and when software companies do that, and it takes a little bit of know-how to understand what an API is. Uh, though, to be honest, if you look at any web page, 
and you look in the uh, developer view in like Chrome, for example, you can see the API calls on any website. That's just kind of how REST APIs work. But it is something that's really cool when they have an open API like that, they give you a key and, and kind of give you the, the keys to your own data and allow you to really check it out. Uh, one, one thing that I, I, I don't know if I, I would be totally okay to know how many beers I drank the day before because I love to tell myself it was only two or three and then I don't feel like it was. And then actually after I go back and really count it in my head, I realize it was definitely more like five, six or seven. And so having that to really... Uh, track me I don't know I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing <laughs> yeah yeah I, I agree I can I can agree with you about this yeah but we basically we can <laughs> when I when I worked on that I thought uh, it can be valuable product uh, like uh, valuable data not just for homebrewers but small community bars that like sharing beers and uh, and homebrewers bringing their kegs and Basically, you can you can take this data not as a self-tracking uh, app, but more like um, to see maybe you have more um, uh, in the community bar that you have, like which keg is more popular and maybe you want to increase the production of some sort of style or beer that it's more popular. And you can track it in real time and understand the local community consumption. And it's not like a pra- private uh, data that you don't want to know. It's like really in favor of the community to know what beers are favorite and maybe we should drink more of that on that yeah yeah i think that that is also a good use case for that obviously digital tap list there there's a few different services out there but i will tell you that if you create a digital tap list at least a lot of the projects that i've seen they're really difficult to get keg levels in. And so it seems to me if you can get a Play-Doh keg, you can get access to the API. You got a little, you know, design work there. And obviously, if you go look at uh, uh, Philip's project here on GitHub, you could probably get something up and running and have a pretty cool experience with real-time data. That, that, that just sounds really cool to me. <laughs> yeah. I'd love to talk to you about maybe your next project where you said that you're doing a, a temp sensor kind of setup for your own kind of automated brewery. And, and what does that look like right now? Yeah. So um, after uh, like a year or maybe more experience with the ice spindle, and basically it's a temperature probe that's floating inside your beer and gathering besides the temperature, the, the tilt um, and the angle of the, of the ice spindle, I thought, Hey, Philip, if there's a device that monitoring your temperature in real time and sending to your brewery or whatever, maybe we can wrap it not inside this vial that's floating inside the beer. Maybe we can wrap it inside uh, like a plastic with a stainless uh, steel probe and we can use it in different um, scenarios. So um, I gathered some parts from the, uh, from the ice spindle and I 3D print this housing and bought some stainless steel probes. And um, basically it's working. Um, I can monitor 
beer like temperatures not inside the uh, the ferment the, ferment, the fermenting bucket bucket uh, i can shove it into the mash i can shove it into into my fridge when during the fermentation and know the outside temp- temperature the ambient temperature inside the fridge besides the bucket and it, i can see the differences between the fermentation and the ambient temperature inside it so I I'm currently I'm just working in to make it more pretty I can say uh, the the 3d printed version that I used is really like rough and and not so uh, slick so I'm working now to minimize the the the, the part that logging their information is uh, so it can be like something that I can put on github people can print it out and buy some probes from Amazon or Aliexpress or whatever they can find this probe stainless steel probes and uh, with like a bit epoxy glue they can use and, and assemble this probe um, and use it as a temperature probe and not like a spindle uh, but it's the same software uh, we, we just like the person will have the temperature readings and it it's pretty cool that you can during the boil or mash you can just shove it in and see the data in your phone and even to show it in in brewfather or whatever whatever you can log in the, the software so it's really nice that i yeah, took a couple already diy project and yeah. made something else from it yeah and i have a couple questions there so like for example one of the things with the iSpedal is it's got a lot of latency right a lot of people set it for like intervals of like hey only log it every 15 minutes uh only log it every uh you know hour or something like that so that they can save on battery life so that like for example a single charge will get through an entire batch of beer um this is meant for more kind of real-time temperatures right so you're 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 not you you have a lot less latency right yeah yeah I'm changing the 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 interval of the of the sending information for like two seconds or five seconds whatever um and I took a, a bigger battery uh, so if I'm going to monitor something like uh, longer uh, time frames so I'm using bigger battery and I can hook it up with normal uh, five volts power charge and um it's 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 the same basically the device needs a five voltage uh, power so you can ha- you can t- take any any power supply from older phone and use it so um, yeah this this device is meant more into real-time data and for short times like during the mash during the boil during something that you need uh, to read temperatures actually i have a friend that used this device to uh, monitor uh, temperatures while he's cooking and like roasting his stuff um, on his on his grill so he just took my device and use it for other other purposes yeah it could be great for like smoking meeks or or uh or something like barbecue right you're you're kind of uh taking that real-time temperature because one one question i get a lot and this is something that people ask me all the time is you know they they'll say things like hey you've got the temp the 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 temperature from your tilt hydrometer or your or your eye spindle floating in your beer and you're using a, a pid 
algorithm to control your fermentation chamber is there a way you can maybe make it so that the temperature that's reading from your floating hydrometer is what controls it and i'm always like no man there's way too much latency and with a pid and we need a much more real-time feedback of what the temperature is because you're trying to keep it within a tenth of a degree and so it is something where even in this scenario, because it's pulling much faster, you could use it for that, but the battery life isn't going to last. And so, therefore, you're still going to have those kind of latency issues. So, uh, but still uh, a very, very cool project in that you can have a real time thermometer and not have to worry about, oh, am I going to stick this thermometer in now or later? And it, it's just kind of like a real time thermometer that you can have digitally going throughout the entire process. Very, very cool. Uh, seems to me like you're also working on some projects with Craft Beer Pie and Manuel over in Germany. What kind of work are you doing with him on the new version of Craft Beer Pie? Yeah, so Manuel started to work on version four of Craft Beer Pie, and it's basically a really amazing piece of software. Um, he re rewritten all over. It's like brand new product uh, and it's really open source uh, and people from all over the world are approaching Manuel and offering their help with and their skills to uh, write stuff so basically he's written the the entire um, architecture again and I'm helping him with uh, some graphics as a graphic designer and a web uh, web designer I'm more uh, into those things so I'm helping him with the customizing the dashboard of the new software and it will allow people to actually to visualize their own brewery with they using i don't know ss brutech uh, kettles or mesh tons or blickman or any other uh, available commercial products so it allow them to visualize their own equipment on this dashboard and see real-time data uh, for their brewery so i already installed the craft vpi 4 on my computer and it's looks like it's really going to be a game changer at least for the craft vpi users uh, i'm sure that any person that uses craft vpi 3 will eventually upgrade to version 4 because it's much more flexible and much more uh, I don't know, it allows you to do more things. Uh, so, yes, I'm involved a little bit with this project, helping Manuel um, to bring it into more um, user-friendly level for other homebrewers as well. That, that, that's awesome. And, and, and for those who've listened to the show before, Craft Beer Pie is a great project. It's a, it's a full brewery controller. And version 4 isn't out yet. So uh, when, when, are you, when are you guys trying to get version 4 to be out as a, as a, as a main branch release? Actually, I can't tell you exactly the dates or the timeframes. I already know that there is people from around the world that already upgraded their systems. I'm sure that some of the things are not available yet for people that already um, relying on CraftBPI free plugin systems. And there is 
many plugins that you can download and use them and hook more uh, gear to your brewery. I don't know if the Crappy 4 is already have those essential plugins or technologies that people might find useful in their previous version, but I'm sure it's a matter of months. Uh, And for those people that have a simple brewery setup, I'm sure that they can already at least to buy another SD card for their Raspberry Pi and play around with the fourth fourth version because it's really simple and easy to install. I can say that it's I think it's easier to install Craft Pi 4 than the previous versions. And uh, it's really fun and uh, easy to use. That's awesome. And it and and this is a project I'm really, really excited about, which is the Brew Uno. And and I'd never heard of this project until you and I had a conversation before we started recording. I'd love to hear more about this project, which is a uh, brewery controller based on the ESP8266. So I'd love to hear about that project and and kind of how you're playing with it. Sure. So um, as you know, I have an Instagram account and I'm following brewers and home brewers all over the world. And uh, I think I stumbled upon like four months ago, uh, a Brazilian home brewer that had this um, unfamiliar homebrew setup. And it was with this um, blue LCD um, display with four buttons. And uh, it was really interesting setup. And I said, oh, maybe this guy made some his own brewery and uh, sent, sent him a message. Hey, guy, can you tell me about this uh, control that you built just out of curiosity? And he said, yeah, I built it from this guy in, uh, in uh, Brazil. It's, he's, his name is Bruno and he made his own control, uh, control brewing controller. And uh, he sent me this link to his website and apparently in brazil there is a huge community maybe maybe not huge but it's really big community with the brew uno users and basically brew uno it's really similar to craft beer pie in a way of brewing controller but it's much more cheap in a hardware hardware aspect because they're not using the raspberry pi computer they're using the uh, the ESP8286 uh, microcontroller and it's really uh, making the brewing controller cheaper but uh, the other things are really similar to Craft Beer Pi so out of curiosity uh, I approached to, Bru- to Bruno from Brazil I think he lives in Rio de Janeiro and uh, I had like I offered him uh, help with the with the software maybe translating because I saw that he has a version for uh, Portuguese and for English uh, users and uh, I saw that uh, somebody um, helped him with the Russian so I, hel- I offered him help to translate this uh, software to Hebrew and uh, he told me that he has a special branch for pro users, uh, which it costs like a couple bucks, maybe 10 bucks, just to, like the pro version, which allows you to uh, connect your Brewfather account and fetch recipes to the software directly from your Brewfather account. Um, and basically, it's, it's really simple and straightforward brewing controller and uh, i built it i have i have it in my house uh, already used it 
Uh, and I think for more less tech people that afraid a bit of uh, working with Craft Beer Pie or with raspberries, they will find Brew Uno in a really easy way to make your own uh, computerized controller, but with less uh, less money and a more easy and simple approach. So I really love Brew Uno as a simple brewing controller uh, for. For me and for maybe I, I, I actually I start this project for, as a gift for my brother, which is uh, he's not familiar with computers, so I thought maybe he he will find this brewing controller easy to to use rather Crappy Pie or other more techy brewing controllers. That, that's awesome and and simple as in like this brewery controller would be great for like what a single vessel brew in a bag kind of system, something like that. It, it works well in that kind of scenario. Yes. Yes. It, it actually, this controller can be for free, free uh, vessel systems or for brewing a bag, single vessel. Um, in his documentation, he has really simple guide how you need to configure your own brewery. And it's uh, the really nice things about the Brew Uno controller that you can operate it with your phone as a software, like, a, like an app. And after you make all the configuration, you go to the vessel and you have four buttons to control. The, the entire brewery is working with four buttons. So you can you can choose the way that you operate your own brewery with your phone with more advanced uh, interface or just with four buttons like start go to the next step uh, turn on the pump uh, turn off the pump it's really simple and easy so it's really nice for those people that looking for simple way to monitor and operate their brewery that, that's that's so cool uh, yeah now this is one I'm not super familiar with, so now I'm gonna have to dig down the rabbit hole, and I'll definitely be doing some research on it. And uh, and I guess the, the the last kind of project that we talked about is the is the floaty, and uh, uh, which is another kind of floating hydrometer. Uh, why don't Why don't you give me some information about that project and and how you've been working with it? Yeah, so the floaty, actually, I found the floaty on Instagram as well, uh, as I sometimes found new homebrewing projects on Instagram. So this uh, project is very similar to iSpindle. At the beginning, I thought it's another iSpindle version, maybe just from another guy that may use the same software, but made the hardware a little bit different. But then I realized that this is... This similar concept, but different software and different hardware. And uh, I approached this guy on Instagram. Apparently, he's a French home brewer and a, a PhD student. He's, I think he's last year of his studies. And he made this floating hydrometer really similar to iSpindle, but I, I have to say it's easier to assemble. You have less parts. Um, and like you basically need just to hook up some um, device like parts and 3D print the 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 thing that holds this entire construction inside the vial and then you're ready to go. You just download the app from the uh, from the app store or from the Google Play uh, store. You 
like you you pair them and you're ready to go you have the software uh, like you have the interface inside the 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 phone and i think in the latest version they already made a brewfather connection so you can monitor your beer inside the brewfather with the floaty so um yeah it's 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 much more easier than the Eichpindel, even though I still recommend the Eichpindel for those that love to, for those guys that love to to work with hands and to make projects. But Floaty is really easy and a cool project as well in terms of a digital hydrometer. Awesome. Yeah, and, and you're, and I'm gonna ask you if you could do me the favor is after we get off of this, if you could just shoot me a little email with with links to all of these different projects so that I can make sure that uh, listeners to the show can have links to these things. Uh, even if it's if if they don't have a website, maybe just to their Instagram account, that would be great. And I have to say, some of these projects are just just really really cool. Philip, when we talk about technology and brewing and and maybe, you know, obviously we can't tell the future, but uh, if you were going to say right now, uh, it's funny, I, I just think that we're, we're kind of in a renaissance with these DIY electronic projects and, and brewing and automation and just being able to have access to all these these cool gadgets and devices is part of the, the brewing process. If you were to say a year from now, what you want your brewery to look like and feel like, what what, what does that look like to you? It's interesting question. Uh, I have to say, uh, I really um, think it can be. You can take it to any direction. I think in in a way I I think I already accomplished really uh, much of the automation that I want in my brewery and sometimes I miss those moments that I'm standing next to the kettle and swirling around the world and um, I think I'll in the in a year from now I'm sure I'll have a automated brewery but I think I'll take more um, back to the roots approach and take off some of the automation to make it more um, like old school brewery uh, or maybe even take some, we'll take like some of the brewing days will be more classical and tradition when you mash the, the, the grains with your hands and, and doing all the, the other things. But I'm sure it's a matter of time and availability for, for the hobby. When I don't have time, I'm using just the automation to brew and I know my recipes and I know how, how it will work. But yeah, I think I'll combine between the two uh, and I'm sure that I will play with more uh, IoT devices that will emerge to the to to the market as products, commercial products or DIY projects. But I'll think I'll leave some of those processes to manual uh, work because I really love brewing the classical <laughs> old way. So it will be combination, I'm sure. I I, I have to admit, I admit I I feel the same way. I I feel like even though I have a lot of stuff automated in my brewery, there's still something about getting out the mash paddle and stirring it up, right? There's something about uh, standing around, talking to a friend, 
while you're brewing a batch of beer and just watching it boil. And, uh, I, I don't know that like, to me there, there's, there is kind of that part of brewing that I love. And if I fully automated it, uh, what would you do? Right. It's like you pour grain in and, and then, uh, fill up a fermenter and call it a day. Right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, Philip, I, I want to thank you for coming on Homebrewing DIY and talking to us about these projects. Uh, I, I know that you've got a new podcast that you're at, you've actually started where you're uh, um, talking about homebrewing with your local community. Why don't you tell me a bit about that podcast? And uh, if uh, we have any uh, listeners that speak Hebrew, um, maybe a homebrewing podcast that they could listen to. So, you know, why, why don't you tell me a bit about it? Sure. So me, uh, me and another uh, two friends, we started this podcast. Basically, it's a homebrewing uh, classical pro, uh, podcast. We're going to discuss basic issues and more advanced practice practices in the homebrewing world. And we're going to have this just open discussions about topics in homebrewing in, uh, for the local Israeli community. So it's going to be a nice adventure for me and for my fellow homebrewers and for the entire homebrew community in Israel uh, to have this first homebrewing podcast in our country. So I'm really excited for it. We already record some episodes and it's, we're going to release them in, in, in a matter of a month. So I'm sure I'll send you the link so other Israeli homebrewers might find us Absolutely. Uh, I would, I would love to share that, um, to, uh, you know, uh, share that with anybody who obviously it, it will be a, a Hebrew language, uh, beer co- podcast. So I want, I want to throw that out there. Um, you know, I don't speak Hebrew and if you don't speak Hebrew, you're probably not going to uh, understand much of it. But that being said, if you do speak Hebrew and you want to, uh, you know, get into homebrewing in your native language and really dive into, uh, I think, you know, Philip, you're, you're a great brewer and, and, and really cool with technology. I think that that's going to be a really great show. I'm kind of jealous that I don't get to listen to it because I don't speak Hebrew. So, <laughs> but, uh, I will share it with, um, with my audience if anybody does. So, yeah, thanks. Uh, well, thank you for coming on Homebrewing DIY, and I re- really look forward to having you on the show yet again. And we're back, and it is now time to dive into some feedback. I have some really good feedback this week, so let's just dive right into it. First, first person that we have feedback from is Gabe, and Gabe, thank you so much for this email. Thanks, as always, for the podcast. I was just listening to the Evolution of Beer podcast. My homebrewing story is similar to yours. I started with a Mr. Beer kit that my wife gave me and then moved to full-size extract batches. But I only made a few batches a year because I hated bottling until a friend who owned my bar gave me a Pepsi keg around 2007, which then got me into kegging. 
I moved to All Grain Brewing in a homemade brew bag, but it was too messy for me to hold up while I drained it into a converted cooler for that I had converted into a mash tun. Now I'm using a homemade 240 volt brew in a basket system that I lift with a pulley. I want to respond to the feedback on the Oktoberfest episode by saying that I really did enjoy it, even though it wasn't totally DIY related. I don't listen to every single homebrewing podcast these days and had not heard any other interviews with this author. I do have one other piece of feedback, which is that I think that the intro music and outro music and the ads at the very beginning of the podcast are much louder than everything else. The ads in the middle of the podcast are not louder to me, and hopefully that will adjust the levels a bit. The music levels in the intro and the outros, that were seem, that they seem to be perfect. It's just the parts where you aren't talking that are too loud. Yeah, so I, I do agree with that on the audio is that uh, I could pull the intro music down a bit. I, I'm still kind of working on the mastering of, of the show. I know that it's, a, it's an ever-changing process and I, I do edit this myself and I'm not a professional editor. So I, I would say my editing's improved over time, but it will get better as well. I, I think that that's great feedback, and uh, as I'm, I, I actually have some new plugins that I'm working with on the editing side as well that have really kind of changed some of the compression and things that I'm doing in the show. So uh, great feedback, and uh, I'll make some adjustments maybe in this show and tell me if you hear them. But uh, as always, Gabe, thank you so much for the feedback. I really, really do appreciate it. I have another quick piece of feedback here. This one was from Facebook, and I I got it from NYK Mick, and he wrote me like a really long piece of feedback, and I would have read the whole thing, but for some reason, there's like a glitch happening, and I only got his last message to me, and his last message just says, feedback, too long, didn't read. I started with a small batch of all-grain kit over lockdown. I got hooked, and now it's gone I've gone all out and bought a Keezer, Kegs, Brazilla, Firmzilla, and uh, an all-rounder 35 liter. Down the rabbit hole I go. P.S. Love the podcast. So, hey, thank you so much for that feedback. And enjoy all of your new toys. And welcome to an amazing hobby. So uh, that's what I have to say about that. Well, I, I think it's time to wrap this show up. And we'll talk to you all next week. I am I, a couple of notes for next week's show, I'm, I'm actually going on a work trip and I will be out of town. And so I will not be able to record a show next week. I will be doing a rerun of a past episode. So if you've listened to all the episodes, chances are this is one you've heard before. If you're newer to the podcast, uh, it, it might be a show that you haven't. I, I will go pretty deep into the archives for the show and, uh, you know, maybe if there's a, I haven't decided what show I'm going to rerun next week. So if there's one that you love, shoot me a note on social media and let me know. I'd love to, you know, play a, play a, a crowd favorite next week so that we can get a show out. But then the very following week, we'll be back with a new episode because I'll be back in town and we'll be uh, cracking away. Uh, also look for a couple of changes starting early in the month in of April where we're going to start dropping some actual written articles written by our newest contributors, Ryan Pachmeyer and uh, Chino Brews from Reddit. And we're going to have them 
start posting some stuff over on the website. So some, some great articles in the works, all related to homebrewing and some, some, some great stuff to read. So I'm pretty excited about that. All right, let's uh, wrap this puppy up. I'd like to thank Philip for taking the time to come on this week's show. As always, I, I learned so much from our guests and, and always bring something back uh, about that I'm going to use in my homebrewing. So once again, it's one of those. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're on all the socials. Just look for at homebrewing DIY, all one word. Well, that's it for this week. And we'll talk to you next week on homebrewing DIY.